Well, good morning, my friend. This is Pastor Dan with God Talk number 91. Working through a message I did years ago called The World, Love It or Leave It, right after a great big Middle Eastern trip. Processing how this really happens. How do we change? How are we transformed? Someone said in a board meeting, Pastor Dan, they will never change. That's who they are. That All the people are like that. And they will never change. We believe we can be transformed. We can be new creations in Christ. But the question is how? We say a little prayer and we race off to life and we wonder why we're not transformed. So we've been saying that the challenge is enmity. God wants to put enmity in us. So we just hate doing anything that's wrong. We hate being any way that doesn't represent God, that hurts us, hurts other people. We hate it. We just hate it. God puts it there and we, we, we make sense. It makes sense to us. It's all in the mind when we realize we just don't agree with that. I don't want to be that kind of person on the basketball court. I don't want to, I don't want to be difficult to work with. I want to be good at being married. I want to be a great father. I don't want to be a jerk to my fellow citizens out on the highway, whatever it is. And just say, we've bought in and just say, this is, this is who I am. These are my, standards, my values. Stephen Covey tells a story about the guy who was on a subway and he looked over at this other man and uh, his kids are just being crazy. He finally talked to him. He says, your kids are bothering anybody. Can you kind of control them a little better? And the man looked up and he said, yes, I, I guess I could. Their mother just died in the hospital. Wow. Completely changed how this man thought about it now. And when his mind changed, his feelings changed, and his actions changed. He was no longer, you know, criticizing somebody for it. That's transformation. When you see something differently and then you feel about it differently and you get act differently. Well, let's go another step. We would say, I think you'll agree that the best truth is in the Bible. We were, uh, on this trip and of course you're in the middle of Egypt and we're looking at hieroglyphics on the wall with all these different gods and, and they are obsessed with eternal life and living forever. And they believe they have their way. And uh, Buddhists, where I grew up, have their mythology on their walls. And Hindus have theirs. And the Greeks have theirs. And the Norse gods have theirs. American Indians have theirs. We have our pictures on the wall. Uh, we painted 10 paintings down in the basement of the Lassier Church uh, on grace. And so we have our paintings. Everybody has paintings. We all have a mythology. We all have stories. Who decides whose stories are truth? So we were wrestling with that on our trip, and Dr. Lawrence Garrity, who is my great friend, archaeologist, he said, the difference is Christianity is historical. He said, it's the reason he got into archaeology, and he listed off the most important discoveries that helped back up and explain the Bible. These were real people, normal people, anchored in history in the Bible. These are not complete fantasies like the Ramayana or uh, like this uh, Egyptian mythologies, dog god and all the rest. The Egyptian kings spent most of their time planning for his death, building pyramids and filling them with gold. Wall after wall of pictures of their artists that have made with all the gifts they've given to the gods so that they would let them into the afterlife. Gold, all this money. We don't need to do all that. We just make one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that by believing in him, you might have everlasting life. So for many reasons, we believe the Bible is the best truth. We believe the Bible's words have power. John 6.63, one of my favorite verses, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. My words are life, he says. You can blow them off if you want, 
but his words have transforming power, life-giving, protecting power. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. That's how we get washed, is the word comes through and changes who we are. James 1, 18, God decided to give us life through the word of truth so that we might be the most important of all the things he made. Power of the word of truth. I could give you 50 more and a whole book of Proverbs is on this. Bombshell came out in the Willow Creek Church a while ago, not yesterday. After all these years, and I've been there many times and listened to hundreds of tapes, and they're great. The Willow Creek had the worked on the premise that we just get people to come to church. Bring your friends to church. We'll transform them here. And if you come during the week, to Wednesday night and, or Thursday night, the new new community, or Sunday for their services, God would work in your life through the teaching and the training and the worship, and you would be transformed. After 20 years, whatever, they did a pre-test and a post-test, and they tried to compare to see how their people had grown. I don't know exactly how you measure spiritual growth, but the best they could come up with is that people had grown almost zero with that strategy. With all these great offerings in one of the great churches of the world, beautiful, powerful sermons and classes and seminars and meetings and worship services, people were still struggling with the same sins, same degree of love for God, same degree of understanding of biblical truth. There didn't seem to be any measurable change. Wow paradigm shift. And they had to sit down as a church community and let us all listen in on their thinking as they began to have to redo and say, we have got to help people be personal feeders on Jesus. They have, we have got to help people not just do that at church, but at home, reading the Bible, reading truth, and letting that word transform who they are and who we are. The Bible has power, so they call, we got to find self-feeders. So that's the book reveal. And so we just have to acknowledge the evidence is pretty clear. If we really, really, really want enmity, we want to hate sin and we want to know what's right and wrong and don't do anything that would dishonor God. We want to be transformed to be like Jesus. The answer is not just one minute prayers. It's truth. It's Bible. It's study, thinking, meditating, reflection, spending time thinking through the values that we want to have and saying, I don't want that value. I buy into this new value. Joshua 1 verse 8, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Powerful stuff. Meditate on scripture. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Anyway, we've come to the end of our time for today. I hope you're grabbing this idea. The power that God offers us in transformation. Counseling is great. Self-help books, fine. Some support groups, fine. Vowing to do different. But the sheer power of Scripture, the Bible, to give us enmity until we hate sin and we all we can think about is to love and follow God, follow the Lamb wherever He goes. That's the answer. One more tomorrow. God bless you. We'll see you then. Go live a great day, transformed by the power of Jesus. God bless you.